This is Pulse of the Pack. There's Fletcher. Down he goes. And there's Reggie White. White. And that's that hump move. Reggie's coming again. That's Reggie White. Yeah. Reggie White's going to take over this game right now. Right, begins the count. Takes the snap. He has the quarterback. He's into the touchdown. The Packers are out in front. 20 to 17. They have 13 seconds joined on the clock. And the Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions. NFL champions for the third straight year. It up for Freeman and it's incomplete. Edward did he came in the catch in the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it. Touchdown! <laughs> he did what? We did what? We brought in a Green Bay Packer today. We have Curtis Bolton inside linebacker number 40 joining us he's not only behind jason's head chasing down lamar jackson in a playoff or a preseason game excuse me maybe in a playoff game in a super bowl type situation this year curtis let's start thank you for joining us uh how are you doing today um you know i'm doing good thanks for having me on the show i'm you know happy to be here there you go. There you go. All righty. So thank you for coming. Obviously we have, you can follow Curtis on Twitter. He's at CB underscore Savage 18. And Curtis, I want to start first of all, by saying you went as an undrafted free agent. I personally had you as a fourth round pick. So for the record, I just want that out there before we get started. <laughs> I've also got Jason Perone and Paul Brettel with me. You can follow Jason. He's at Jason Perone and Paul, Mr. Unlimited, Brettel. Oh. Wow. Ouch. <laughs> you can follow me on Westendorf. Curtis, let's jump right in. We appreciate you coming in, obviously, uh, on your day off today. So let's start with everything. How's camp? How's everything going? It's obviously a weird year and it's different, but uh, are you guys acclimating and getting everything going? Um, you know, it, it's it's strange time. I'm sure it's a strange time for everybody, uh, you know, that's working out there. Um and there's a lot of things different going into this year and um you know we're just trying to make the best of it and you know and then and, and do my job well last year you were doing your job really well you started you were starting to work in with the starting defense uh with some pretty comp good competition blake martinez oren burks ty summers just to name a few when did you realize obviously before you got injured uh that you had a real shot of not just playing but playing significantly in the defense i took a top 30 visit uh, which is, uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's before the draft. Um, when teams want to get a better look at a guy, they, you know, they they fly him in, and you and you basically stay in, in whatever city the team's in for for a day or two, and you just go through a few different things, whether that's um, you know more medical, going through uh, your medical history, or meeting with coaches, you know, meeting with uh, just staff and whatnot, just so so they can get a better feel for you. Um, and, you know, when I when I came in and seen the type of defense we run here and um, just just sitting down uh, and realizing how, how good of a spot this was for me and, you know, looking looking at the roster, seeing seeing how well I fit in with it. And, um, you know, at that point, I felt like I had a good shot to uh, to to be a guy here. And that kind of segues perfectly here into the next question, then, and that was. You know, how did that process? So you took that top 30 visit. Obviously, the draft goes through those three days. Uh, you end up going undrafted, which, like I mentioned previously, was just a complete injustice. But how does that happen then? Are you getting calls during the back half of, you know, the late sixth, seventh round? Or how did you end up 
going through that process and deciding that Green Bay was the best place for you? Um, I got a, I mean, like I said, uh, just right before, I, I got a good feel for Green Bay when I came out here. Um, I took a few different visits to a, to a few teams. A few teams have flown me out just to just to get a better look at me because I mean I didn't have much I didn't have a lot of college tape. Um, you know, you try to go look at my highlights. There's not many up. Um, you know, it's just I'm I was a real question mark going in, um, and more so or towards the back of the draft. You 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 get phone calls from all different types of coaches and whatnot before the draft, leading up to the draft, and then. When the draft happens, you get a call when it's your time to go. So you know, I'm, I'm sitting at my house, um, you know, just just watching, watching it all unfold. You know, waiting for a call, and um, you know, it that, that's heartbreaking stuff. Um, you know, you start getting into fourth, fifth, and that's where I thought I was gonna go personally, um, back in, in in the fourth, fifth round, and um, you know, so I start getting excited, and you know, you just pick after pick passes, and it doesn't happen, and uh, more sore towards the end of the sixth, around the early seventh round, teams will start calling you because they got to figure out. Um, they have to figure out their undrafted guys, you know, because after the draft ends, you know, at that point you get to pick where you want to go. So it's a lot like college in a sense of that they call you, um, you know, tell you how they like you, what position they want you to play, you know. Then you talk about um, you know, signing bonus stuff like that. Um. And, you know, you get a call. I got a call late sixth round, and, and I'm all happy because it's a random area code. And, you know, <laughs> first five seconds of the call, they're like, this isn't us drafting, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's brutal. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely brutal. Um, you know, and they're just like, yo, uh, we, don't have a, we don't have a draft pick for you. We're not going to draft you, but uh, we really like you, and uh, we want you to come in as a – as an undrafted guy and I probably got maybe eight, seven, eight, nine teams. Uh, I had chances uh, that, that wanted me to come in for them and you have to make a decision fairly quick. So it kind of all shell shocked me. Cause I thought, I, I thought the decision was out of my hands. I figured someone was going to pick me up around the mid to late back into the draft. And, um, you know, at that point I, I I'm, I'm pissed and, I have to sit here and, and look at rosters and see what's a be, what's a good look for me. But luckily, um, you know, during those top 30 visits, I got I got a real good feel for for a few teams, and um, you know, Green Bay just stood out. And you know, I seen the roster we have here, and you know, we were we were a little light on linebacker, and you know, I just felt like if if I was gonna if I was gonna get an actual shot, because it's at that point it's it's hard to make a team. You know, you come in as an undrafted guy, you, who knows the opportunities you're going to get. So, um, you know, I just got a good feel from from the coaching staff here. I got a good feel from uh, Coach Alibdotti, um, our linebacker coach. And, um, you know, I it came down to the, to the point that I thought I was going to get an actual shot to play here. And I was going to get a lot of reps in camp to, to, to show that, that I could play ball. And, um, you know, that's kind of what it came down to. And called him up and signed with them and was on the plane in the next few days. Awesome. So Curtis last season, last preseason training camp, you're making ton of noise. As Jake said, 
uh, pushing for the 53 man and not just a 53 man, but playing time as well. ACL injury happens. So if you could take us through where you're at in the recovery process. And I know this week, Matt LaFleur said that um, hoping to be on the practice field a week from today, next Saturday, when do you see yourself getting back into action? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm pretty much back to full go. Um, if I got cleared and, and had to go into a, a game type situation tomorrow, I think I could fulfill um I think I could fulfill my duties to the best of my ability. Um, but it's a whole process that's, unfortunately, it's out of my hands at this point. Um, it's a long, ACL is one of the, one of those injuries that's just, it's a long process. Um, and I'm more so on the back end of it. I've pretty much cleared all of the, you know, the jumping, the cutting, the full speed. Uh, you know, the getting out of my back pedal, stuff like that. I, I, I feel confident in my ability to do all that. Um, now it's a point where I have to prove that to my coaching staff and my medical staff. And, um, you know, they're, that's a hard process for them because they don't want to clear you too early and you go out and get hurt again because that, that makes them look bad. Um, so at the end of the day, the, the, the decision's really out of my hands. I kind of just show up every day, do what I have to do, I, do what they ask me to do. And when they feel comfortable with putting me back on the field, that's that's kind of what happens with that. But that's where I'm at with them. They're just trying to make sure that I'm healthy enough to get back on the field. Um, and, I mean, it's up to me to show that every day. And that's that's kind of what I'm doing in camp right now, you know, just showing up every day, um, going through what they want me to go through. Um, I'm pretty much in all team activity except for practice. Um, uh, I'm on the pup list right now. Um, it's more of a technicality thing than anything than, than my readiness to play. But, um, you know, that's that's a decision that they have to make in the next day, week or so. I'm, I'm really pretty much as lost as everybody else is with that. Um, I show up and, and, and go to work and, you know, they clear me when they want to. Sure. Well, and I know a lot of us are excited about that to hear that you're you're on your way back is you know like like Paul said you showed a lot last preseason there were a lot of us that were in your corner and you kind of talked about your versatile skill set in the past kind of your ability to get in space cover rush the passer play the run has that always been something that's come naturally to you um are some of those aspects areas that you've worked harder on maybe either in college or hey I'm in the pros now to to just make yourself more versatile which is obviously a huge asset to a defense um, I didn't play off ball until my freshman year in college. I mean, as a senior, I played defensive end stand up outside linebacker, but, um, you know, as the, the nature of my size, it, it was unrealistic for me to play that at a, at a big time college. But at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a playmaker. I'm a ball player. Like if you throw on my film, I mean, that, that much is evident. Um, so at, when I got into college, it was kind of I did what I had to do to get on the field. And, you know, it was a struggle. Um, I had to fight the same thing in college. Uh, you know, coaches didn't think I could play at that level. Um, you know, just a, a whole lot of things happened. And, you know, just throughout the years, I didn't really get to showcase my skills as a player, my progression as a player. But I always made a note of that, even if I wasn't playing on Saturdays that I was going to get better every time I popped out on the field. And that's that's just the kind of person I am. And, um, you know, throughout the years, I kind of developed this this knack for playing in space. I'm still working on the man coverage aspect of it. 
But um, I've always been a pretty intelligent football player. I think my football instincts are something that sets me apart from a lot of other people. Um, and that's something that with the more play time I get will become more clear to everybody else. But, um, you know, in, in a sense of just knowing where the ball is going to go, um, you know, brushing the passer, um, you know, understanding what offenses are trying to do. I mean, I've felt comfortable with all those things in football for a long time. So at this point, it's more so just being comfortable with playing in space because I really only had a year of live, actual live in-game full season. I've only had a year of off-ball experience. So, um, you know, it's all pretty it, 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 it's all pretty new to me, but, you know, I'm, I'm working through it and, you know, I'm excited to, to, to show what I got. Curtis, you mentioned your time in college, obviously playing at a school like Oklahoma, very rich in tradition uh, and a very storied team at the pro bowl at the pro level, excuse me. What was your first impression like of coming to green Bay and stepping on Lambeau field for the first time? I got a lot of the same feels as I do in, in, in Oklahoma. And that's that's something that, that I felt just as soon as I, I stepped foot off the bus into the stadium. Um, you know, it's a it's a really fairly small town. I mean, big for this type of area, but it's a fairly small town when in, in terms of America. And, you know, everything's just wrapped around Green Bay football. And, um, I mean, you, you can see it in all the stores, all the people around. Um, everything's pretty centered around this and it's the same kind of vibe you get in Oklahoma. Um, you know, there's not much to do in Oklahoma. Everybody kind of rides behind Sooner Nation and I think it's a beautiful thing. And that's kind of what I felt when I got out here and it's just, you know, it's, it's, you can feel it in the air. You can feel it in the atmosphere. When, when you step in and you get around these guys and you get around these coaches, you can tell that everyone's so focused on winning football games. Um, you know, it's not L.A., it's not Miami, it's not New York. There's not real much outside noise. And, you know, that's something that I like. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a down-to-business type of guy. I, I like playing ball. That's pretty much it. I'm not, I'm not into the whole celebrity scene that a lot of guys like to get into when they get at this level. I'm just trying to play ball. So, you know, that's something that I, I realized when I got out here, I can keep the main thing the main thing, which one of my old high school coaches loved to tell me and it stuck with me throughout the years. Um, you know, and I just like to keep the main thing the main thing. And, and that's evident out here that football is the main thing. So it was an easy choice. So, Curtis, um, as a rookie coming from Oklahoma, big time school, but regardless of where players come from when they enter the NFL, there's always an adjustment. You know, it's it's the level up. So for you, what was the biggest adjustment coming from college to the NFL level? With just more so talent Getting, getting used to playing um, and even when I was working in with, you know, the other undrafted guys or the other rookies, um, you know, when you get out there, it's you get so used to playing a certain brand of ball. And at Oklahoma, we didn't have a very good defense. Um, that's no slate to my guys. I think there's a lot of talented guys on our defense throughout the years. Um, I still think there's some talent there, but it's not the talent that I'm playing with now. So it's you kind of have to change your game on the fly. I'll give you an example. Um, when I got in, when I was starting to get first team reps, um, I'm so used to, as soon as I get a pitch action, I'm balls to the wall to the sideline. <laughs> right. I'm sitting watching and film and I'm like, I keep doing this and running myself out of plays. Like, 
the de- they're not getting outside of Zedarius. They're not getting outside of Preston. Like, mm-hmm. let me slow down and, and change my game up. And it's more so of a, of a thing like that, realizing the talent you got around you and realizing you don't have to play in certain ways you did before because there's a lot of other guys that are picking up slack in ways that you didn't have in the past. Um, I know a lot of guys have issues with the playbooks or, or the speed of the game. And, you know, coming from Oklahoma, that's one thing that I will say about Oklahoma. They they prepare you pretty well for the league. Um, in terms of a day in the life of a, of a daily practice or going through an offseason, it was pretty much the same as Oklahoma. You know, they're, 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 they run a tight ship there. Um, everything's pretty much the same in regards to a, a going through my day. And, um, you know, playbook-wise, I felt I was super prepared. I felt like I had to edge up on a lot of people because I came in. I understood a lot of the techniques that we played. Um, at that point, it was more of a terminology thing. I just had to switch names. We called certain things different than we do here. And as soon as I picked that up, it was, I felt like I had a good grip on it and, and I could keep it straight about ball. And um, that's kind of what happened. I feel like that's what helped me out a lot. I, I'd already picked up a lot of stuff that they were trying to teach a lot of people. I already knew it. So, um, you know, it was, it was, it was just, it wasn't too hard for me to acclimate. It helps having a guy like Zadarius on the edge, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, um, is there, you mentioned a coach, um, and that had something to say that has stuck with you. Is there a particular player or coach that was really helpful in your development? I guess we'll specifically look at last summer when you were, you were first getting in with the team, any coaches or players that really stood out as far as, as being helpful or mentors. You talking about in terms of Green Bay? I was told coming into the league that these are grown men. They don't care about you. You're everybody's in for themselves. Like you're gonna have to go in there. Guys not gonna really talk to you. They're gonna do this and that. If you need help, don't go ask your teammates because they don't care. You're coming in to take their job, and that's kind of how I came in. And when I got in, I realized that it wasn't really like that. If I had a question about something. People can say what they want about Blake. Blake's a smart football player. He understood our defense for what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Any question I had, Blake really had the answer to. And if he didn't, I mean, I could text Coach KO any time of the night, and you know he'll 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 respond to me and make sure that I understand what he's what he's trying to teach. Um, You know, it was really just I have a strong history of having my position coach being a guy that I can lean on through whatever in terms of high school and in college. So me coming to the league, that's kind of what I wanted. And that's that's what I got a sense of, uh, of KO coming in um, before I decided to sign here. And he's been everything that I expect him to be. Um, you know, he, he's, he's helped me out tremendously just with what I want to do, even the unconventional questions that he has, he, he doesn't really have to answer because it doesn't have anything to do with him trying to make me a better linebacker. Um, you know, that just happens. Or even if I'm, I'm curious about how the safeties play something like it's not it has nothing to do with linebackers like hey how are the safeties taught like when they when we call this call like what are they taught to do like what are they doing he'll sit down and explain it to me until I understand it and um you know KO has just been a real big part of of, of me coming along here wow that's awesome Curtis last one uh, appreciate your time again obviously but there's been uh, some other important stuff going on in your life. You just became a father, so congratulations first and foremost. Yes, but sir. what's 
what's that been like here for the last, you know, short, short amount of time that you've been fortunate enough to be a dad? Um, you know, it's great. It's a, it's an indescribable feeling. If, if you're a parent, I'm sure you understand it. I didn't understand it until, until he came out in the delivery room. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's an unreal feeling and, and it kind of gave me another purpose to live. Um, you know, another purpose to get up and fight for, for, for what I want to do. I'm trying to set an example for him and, and I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Uh, the story that came out earlier this week uh, in The Athletic with Matt Schneidman talking about how just kind of your story and your path to not just the league, but why you chose to play even with an infant and everything like that. It was honorable and just wanted to, not that you need my approval or anything like that, but just wanted to commend you for that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. he's He's Curtis Bolton. He's number 40 for the Green Bay Packers. He's going to be an inside linebacker here in 2020. Hopefully uh, one of the starters if he uh, everything breaks the correct way. Uh, Curtis, we look forward to seeing you on the field this year. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we appreciate you coming by. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all having me. Thanks, Thanks Curtis. Y'all right, have a nice day. Thanks, Thank Curtis. That was Curtis Bolton of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, guys, just real quick, that was – Awesome. Let me give you an example. I mean, that that's, that's a, that's a dream scenario for us. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal Absolutely. Concept. So it was, it was kind of nice. It made everything easy to just mm -hmm. sit back and, and yeah, let him talk. Exactly. Uh, so thank you to Curtis for, for joining us. And uh, we appreciate him and his time and wish him the, the best of luck as they start and continue onward with training camp here. Let's get rolling a little bit in some other stuff. So I mentioned earlier, I, I didn't want to highlight us because nobody cares about the three of us, especially when there's a pro football player. In the room. Absolutely. But I'm your host today. I'm Jacob Westendorf. <laughs> And I've got Jason Perrone. He's at Jason Perrone and Mr. Unlimited at Paul underscore Brettel. Uh, I obviously made Jacob mad at some point this week for getting that title. So. <laughs> uh, I believe what happened Paul, was after the video of Russell Wilson came out, you uh, said you never yes. wanted to hear the word, hear the word unlimited. unlimited. <laughs> yep. oh. so, me being the asshole that I am, I decided that's what I'm going to introduce you as here for the next little bit. So let's get into some of the other topics we have. The first thing is the opt-out deadline pass. Uh, passed this week in the NFL. And the final total of players around the NFL was 69, which is very nice. The Packers only had one, Devin Funches being the only Green Bay Packer to have opted out of the season so far. Now, the in theory, they say if you're in, you're in. If you're not, you're not. Nate, thanks for joining us. CB4, yes, we agree 100% on that. I, uh, and uh, PJ, this is a good show. We need more people to tune in. I agree with you. Tell your friends yes. and your family. So thank you for joining. PJ us. gets it. There we go. And Brad said, loves use guys, which <laughs> I read in the J from Jay and silent Bob voice. So if that was your go. idea, then good I fellas. <laughs> thank you. Uh, anyway, guys, 69 was the final total. Any surprises, anything that you guys thought that I don't, I mean, any thoughts that you guys had that was, surprising off of how many people did you expect more did you expect less i think i mean i guess it's hard to know it's not like we have a whole lot to compare this to but i mean i thought once i saw the number i was like it was a little less than what i thought it just seemed like every day we had a few different things the biggest names of people that opted out you're probably looking at like dante hightower eddie goldman coming off the top of my head if you guys have others feel free to uh chime in on those but yeah that was really my only impression of the opt-outs was just that it didn't seem like there were as many uh, with the final total coming out the way that it did. But what did you guys think? 
I thought there would be more Packers. I thought there might be a couple more at the end, and I was thrilled that there weren't. So they almost have a full slate. The only thing I'll say about the rest of the league, again, respect the decisions, understand all of that kind of stuff. Everyone's got a, you know personal reasons for it, with the exception of New England. I just think something weird's going on there, but we don't have to get into that whole Patriots thing. I think we roasted them enough over the years, but Paul, take it away. <laughs> I mean, yeah, going into it, I... I wouldn't have even known what number to guess. I had absolutely no idea what was going to happen. But based on that first day, it seemed like there was a lot of names coming out, and maybe that was just because that was the first day. So with that in mind, um, I guess the number is a little bit lower than what I would have expected from that standpoint. But like I said, going into it, I had no clue what was going to happen. Yeah, it was – I'm just kind of happy it's over. I know that sounds bad with the way that we're saying things like that, but I'm just – I like the idea of, you know, we could kind of move on from the drama and stuff that has come from this. Now I'm sure that there will be more to come soon. I don't know exactly how the NFL is going to say a player. Well, Brian Gutekunst said it, the Packers are going to have positive tests. If a player has a positive test and has some effects from it, if he wants to opt out for the remainder of the season, I, I don't think the NFL is going to tell them they can't. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work right now. It says that's how that's going to work, but I don't think that's, going to end up being how that works. Uh, but that that was the the big thing for deadlines in terms of this week. Let's go into some Zoom highlights, guys. And it's it's a new year. It's Everything's a little different. Uh, the Packers obviously are doing all of their availability via Zoom. And right now, they've, they've had a couple different guys throughout the course of the week. The first thing, I just want to go through some of those highlights. And what I noticed is that First of all, Devontae Adams, and we are very lucky as a whole as Packers fans that some of these guys are on our side. I mean, it's very easy to blow off the media, not answer questions. It would have been easy for Curtis Bolton to give us the same canned answers 100% of the time. They mm-hmm. give you insight. They give you kind of a glimpse to pull back the curtains. Now, they don't give you everything, but they seem to be thoughtful and genuine, at least when they're answering their questions. So I appreciated that. Um, Devante talking about some of the stuff he was able to talk about, uh, the insight on whether or not he was going to play this season, kind of the same situation as Curtis Bolton with having a newer child in his life. Now, I thought that was an interesting thought process with him specifically. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers' interviews are always really good. So I, I appreciated that as well. Paul, you mentioned before the show when we were talking, uh, Kenny Clark making a few specific comments, and he was interviewed this week. Before he came on Lombardi's Bar, which you guys can check out on our YouTube channel, which is Game On Wisconsin, right across the bottom line there. Jimmy, Dan Kotnick, and Todd Varney, which I don't even know why Todd's there, but he is, so they let him in every now and again. They were able to talk to him, but before that, he mentioned a few things about Kingsley Kiki. And what were your some of your takeaways on that? Yeah, I think Kenny just summarized kind of what we're all anticipating this year because we know the run defense struggled in the NFC Championship game, obviously, but that was their worst performance. But they struggled for the entire season for the most part, outside of a few you know few games at the end of the year, and no significant additions were made to that interior defensive line this offseason. They added Trayvon Hester. Um, and you know, hopefully he can come in and do something, but that's not something you're banking on either. So what green Bay is hoping for is internal development. So when you look at internal development, Kingsley Kiki comes to mind. He only took 107 snaps last year, but when he was on the field, he made some noise, especially against the run and being someone who is known as a pass rusher coming out of Texas A&M, that's very good to see. And so he's someone that we're all hoping is going to take a step forward this year. 
And when asked about him, Kenny mentioned his athleticism and his ability as a pass rusher and both a run defender and that they are, the Packers are going to certainly be working him into the plans this year. So, you know, he didn't really say anything that we weren't all thinking, but still it's good to hear and getting that validation from someone who lines up next to him every day in practice and on the field and all that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is, that, you know, it's a little different when an idiot like me says Kingsley Kiki <laughs> is going to have a big year as opposed to Kenny Clark, who is, like you mentioned, one of his Kenny Clark. teammates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's Kenny Clark. Jason, going through some of the Zoom stuff and we'll leave obviously Z and Preston alone for a little bit because we're going to get to that in a minute. But what was something that you took away from any of the availability that they had this week? Uh, I, I guess it was kind of along what you introduced the whole segment with, which was I thought Matt LaFleur, the thing I like about LaFleur is that even though he's obviously got to protect some information within the organization, I think he tries to keep it as real as possible. And even Brian Gutekunst just being available, you know, as somebody who who saw Ted Thompson a total of, what, four times in front of a microphone the entire time he was a general manager for the Packers. So it's it's just that. It's that transparency. And I just, for me, it just tells me the culture is strong and, and they're in control of what's going on there. It's it's not just kind of a bunch of coach speak, but then you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. You know that they've got tight reins on those players, which is important in a year like this right now because you need everybody committed to a common goal, especially when there's some additional risks that the team's going to face in just having players that are available. But you just you get a sense that there's a solid plan. And then, you know, to go along with what Paul said and what you said too, to see that some of these guys really truly look primed to make a jump. I mean, I listened to Curtis there and I, I'm, I'm upset with myself Jason, for a first name basis with him now. Curtis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Bolton, <laughs> I guess. I'm sorry. I'm going with that. Mr. Bolton. I mean, I guess when you're as old as I am, you know, but everybody's Mr. And sir and madam, Mr. Garon. <laughs> That's right. If you grew up in my era there back in the day, way back in the day, but I mean, I'm, I'm almost upset with myself that I didn't have him on my kind of mental roster that, you know, I didn't do a post or anything like that, but you know, these, these guys have a good, they've got a good roster and I think it's in really good hands. It's just that sense of leadership that I, I really liked that I got from both of them. And that culture leads to I, guys. I apologize. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but it leads me to something that I have argued with. And I guess a majority of what my finger on the pulse is, if excuse the pun, but I'm a dad now, dad jokes are a thing, <laughs> but my Twitter mentions are a big consideration i have when i think of what people are talking about and what's going on that's my lens into the world if you will and the packers are odds on favorites to sign antonio brown and can we talk about that please because jason you just mentioned that they have a rain you know a rain on these guys they're in control of what's going on and in a year where you absolutely have to have control of what's going on think about it this way guys there are two teams specifically that have broken the protocols that major league baseball has set out the St. Louis Cardinals, screw the Cardinals, and the Miami Marlins. Those two teams broke protocol. They went out and about. They did whatever the hell they wanted to and went to clubs and, you know, all that sort of stuff. We've talked about that before. And those are the two teams that have had outbreaks. This is a year where players, Gutekunst, Lafleur, all of them have talked about it, that they're not going to hold them prisoners and hold them hostage and fine guys or whatever if they're going out. But they have talked about how they hope positive peer pressure leads to a positive result. That was a really bad way to word that, but positive results in the locker room, not on a COVID test, obviously. So with that in mind, 
Antonio Brown, the guy who is throwing stuff at ice cream trucks, the guy who is throwing a tantrum about his helmet, the guy being investigated for sexual assault. He just got suspended for eight games. Let's throw the legality, legal situation out the window, which you can't, but let's just do that for the time being. Within the last 18 months, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Oakland Raiders. That's not the exactly, Raiders. That's not exactly a pinnacle of character. No, the Raiders. Those two teams paid him to go away. My mom's favorite team, the New England Patriots, put up with him for one game before cutting him. And I, can then hear, I can hear her keyboard right now. <laughs> there is zero. Everybody says low risk, high reward. He's a great receiver. I don't care. I don't. I would rather the Packers have to start Jake Kumaro and Blake Westendorf at wide receiver than have them sign Antonio Brown because you want someone like that to in an, I wouldn't want to sign him in a non COVID year because one of the things everyone's talked about from last season, and you heard it with Curtis Bolton, the camaraderie and stuff that the team has signing Antonio Brown torpedoes that that's the biggest reason the Steelers were tired of him and got rid of him. Couldn't get along with Juju Smith-Schuster. Couldn't get along with Ben Roethlisberger. Couldn't stop tweeting and Instagramming and Facebooking when the coach told him not to. And Mike Tomlin gives you plenty of rope. It's not like Mike Tomlin is Bill Belichick. So, please stop saying things like that. I understand the Packers receiving core is not up to par, according to the experts, and myself included, if you want to call me an expert. I understand that. Signing Antonio Brown is not an option. It should not be an option. Stop talking about it. It's not a good idea. Nothing, there's nothing positive that comes out of it because you cannot sit there with a straight face and tell me that you have any faith in this dude whatsoever to show up, shut the hell up, and play football. I apologize, guys. Do you guys have anything to add to my Antonio Brown rant? I mean, I think you hit all the points. I mean established last year in the, inside the locker room behind Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith um, and just the camaraderie as you mentioned I think a lot of they made that thing but I think that played a role in them getting to 13 wins you know the relationship that they had and to do anything that would even put that is just not a move that should be made not anything that should ever be considered so I'm 100% with you on this one Jason. Yeah, I think I think it's fake news. I mean, it's it's just that time is the summer and everybody's getting really bored and restless and they've had to wait a little bit longer for I'm going to be rich, actual. guys. Daddy needs a trust fund. I was going to say, I mean, if you're a defensive back or a defender and you see that Mother, little sweet face it. coming at you with the with the ball in her hands, are you going to try to tackle her? No, everyone's getting out of the way, man. She's clear to the end zone. Listen, no. Everyone has seen my the full house video that our social media team made for the day that we launched. Blake tackles me and I'm, she hits pretty hard so, with a smile on her face. I mean, she's like, and a you giggle. Know, yeah, sinister. So she likes hitting people. So I would advise <laughs> against it. There you go. Brian Gutekunst, one year, $3 million. That's all it's going to take. There you go. Give me a call. I'm ready. I'm wow. ready. So Jason, I apologize. I cut you off there. Did, I mean, I, you mentioned that we hit all the points. Were there anything else that was there anything else you wanted to add to that? 
I can't even keep a straight face when listening to the whole. So I don't think what he's, he's doing is funny. I'm not laughing at what he's doing. I just can't keep a straight face at thinking that the Packers would even entertain something like that. Yeah, I'm sure I missed stuff too. Like I just remembered that he had that weird video where he called himself Mr. Big Chest. Like, <laughs> like funny. that's your name yeah. next week's show. Being that's very respectful favorite. to the local police and all sorts of things that you definitely don't want your, your had to have the risk of your players getting in trouble for. So, correct. Yeah. Bad yeah. news. It's yeah. Okay, so we can move on from that. Let's get to something that's a little sad before we go in. No fans, first two home games. Uh, that sucks. So uh, home against Detroit, the second week of the season, and a Monday night football game against Atlanta. We'll have nobody there. It's sad. I get it. Uh, I like that they are trying to reassess the situation as we get more details. Because one of my least favorite things to constantly see on social media is anytime anything happens is – just get rid of it. Just stop it. Well, in this case with sports, it's just cancel the season or just say there's going to be no fans. I understand that it's probably headed that direction and that's probably smart. Uh, however, I have no idea what life is going to look like on November 1st when they play the Vikings. Maybe we get a handle on it. I don't have a very strong feeling that we will, but it's possible that they do. So we'll see what happens on that. Any other thoughts on that guys, other than this really sucks. It does, well, for me, it, it, yeah, it does for me. I mean, because that's a, that's a trip that I look forward to every single year. And it looks like this year it's going to be – it's in a little bit of jeopardy. I mean, we've got a lot of other games. But I know that that Falcons game was one initially when we were talking, when the schedule first came out, that was potentially on the radar. I guess, you know, it's a good thing that one did not pan out because we would be scrambling to try to make some some big-time changes. Yeah, I guess we still have a small chance of being at that Vikings game, but I, uh, I'm i not going to hold my breath. No. PJ wants to know, Paul, what about Russell Wilson's weird video? And Paul, PJ, does not think it's weird. He is referring to himself now as Mr. Unlimited. So <laughs> that is the answer to your what about Paul's weird video. Or it's not Paul, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. I'm mixing you guys up now. So Mr. Unlimited. Last thing, guys, I just want to be end on a happy note. Zadarius Smith said he wants to retire as a Packer. He was available for his uh, Zoom press conference this week, and it was hilarious, him going through everything like that. But um, I made a joke that I have a picture of Blake, and she's, like, looking up at a bottle, and that's how I picture Maggie Loney looking at Z when he's talking is the way <laughs> she looks at a bottle. So I think that the – biggest thing from that press conference was when he said, when I retire here and it's crazy to think that Jacob Morley, one of my good friends said that has there ever been a player after one year to just completely immerse himself as a green Bay Packer. Think about it to where he's a fan favorite and it just feels like very similar. Well, not quite similar, but the way you think of like, you know, Brett Favre is a green Bay Packer. Zadarius Smith mm -hmm. is thought of as a green Bay Packer after one season one year and he's so immersed in this team he's if Aaron Rodgers didn't exist you could very much argue he's the face of the team so I very much enjoy him and I hope he does get an opportunity to retire here I know when you start talking about players retiring on a certain team that's that's a tough conversation to have because Aaron Rodgers is not going to retire here guys mm -hmm. like that's and if Aaron Rodgers isn't going to retire here then there's a lot of players that are probably Brett Favre didn't retire here. I mean, there's a lot of players that didn't retire as green Bay Packers. We all want the, the John Elway ending 
where the team wins back-to-back Super Bowls and your favorite players ride off into the sunset like that. But it's just not feasible. Uh, Jason, I want to know, what is your favorite Zadarius Smith moment from just one? So you can't say all four sacks that he had against Minnesota. You got to pick one from last season. Man. Uh, I'm gonna, I know the one. I know my one. Well, I'm going to, I might steal it if you let me go first. Um, that would require so, me to shut up and listen. So I will. There's not going to be, if not, all should be all right. But I, all right, I'll, I'll do this. I was going to go with the, I was going to go with the karate kick in Minnesota. Uh, end of the season, you know, a big time win there. But I'm going to go with the first because I'm, I'm going to attribute him as the the one that started this whole trend of hitting the defense in the end zone after a big play and just seeing him front and center when they hit when that happened the first time last season and just seeing his impact on the culture of the defense. I'll, I'll start with that because that was an intangible that carries over obviously off the, not just the field, but in the locker room and in all those places that you want to think that the team is focusing on to get prepared for each game. So I'll go with that. I'll go with Z in the camera lens front and center first defensive celebration last year. Paul. I love that pick Jason. Um, I'm going to go with when he gets the sack, rolls up his Jersey and he's got snubbed. Because he's been snubbed about a million times now. And I don't know what it needs. He was even asked this in his Zoom call, which his Zoom call was fantastic, by the way. It was everything that I was hoping and thought it would be. Um, He's just a charismatic individual, and I don't know how you don't love the guy. But anyway, back on track here. He displays a snub. He's been snubbed, you know, just about every ranking that's come out this offseason. And I don't know what he has to do. I mean, he led the league in pressures, 13 and a half sacks. Dude's a playmaker, and there's no signs of stopping. Snow. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because it's not. I mean, so baseball, for example, I root for the team that has the most eyes on them all the time. And people say that players in New York get overhyped because they played in New York. Shut up about Derek Jeter. I'm not going to listen to it. But <laughs> the point I'm making is, it's not like the Packers are just some run of the mill like the Tennessee Titans, where if they didn't play for an entire season, you probably wouldn't even notice. It's the Green Bay Packers, one of the most storied franchises. You talk about Willie Davis and Reggie White, and he plays the same position as those two guys. Like, there's there's some pedigree there. I don't understand it. My favorite moment, 100%, because we're running short on time, is in Dallas. The Packers had lost to the Eagles 10 days prior, and Ray Lewis had said that there was no alpha dog on the Packers' defense. And I hate Ray Lewis. I don't hate anybody, but I hate Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis is a blowhard, and I'm just not a fan. So I'll leave it at that. But he sacks Dak Prescott and then proceeds to mock Ray Lewis's little dance thing that he used to do before the game, and I loved it, every single second of it. So uh, the good news is that we're going to add more moments to this, and we'll be talking about him as his Hall of Fame career comes to an end here in Green Bay because, like Z said, he wants to retire a pack. Well, and the picture of him holding up the Lombardi Trophy, too. Yeah, I, I anticipate adding that to my back wall over here. So I've got a picture <laughs> of Rodgers and Clay with the belt and everything like that. I anticipate one year that I'm going to get 
uh, Zadarius Smith and Jordan Love holding up their third <laughs> Lombardi trophy together. So there you go, guys. That's going to do optimism. it. I, hey, I'm here for it. It's just like I said on my Facebook post the other day, Jordan Love had his first photo as a Packer, and I was like, hey, it looks like another Hall of Famer to me. Nice. So it's a good start. So thank you guys for joining us today. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at GameOnWIR. Twitter and social media team in general is awesome. Shout out to them who choose to remain anonymous. You can check out our YouTube channel. It's Game On Wisconsin. Uh, and you can also... Find us on everything is on our website, Game On WI. So not Wisconsin, Game On WI. You won't find us if you type in Game On Wisconsin. You'll get some crappy casino in Illinois. You can follow me. I am at Jacob Westendorf. You can follow Jason. He's at Jason Perone. And Paul Brettle, Mr. Unlimited, is at Paul underscore Brettle. Thank you to Curtis Bolton for joining us on the show. At CB underscore Savage 18. Very awesome to talk with you today. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for coming in. Joey, I agree. Zadarius press conference was amazing. Thank you guys that were in the chat. I did want to know, too, we had somebody ask earlier, since we have some merch now, who likes my hat? Because if you guys can see this, that is the Game On Wisconsin logo. This hat is black with white. Next week, I will unveil the green hat with the yellow logo. I have one of those as well. And we have some that we will be giving away. We will let you guys know on our show next week what exactly the plan is to do for that giveaway so you could be the proud owner of one of these hats gentlemen i promise i will get your guys's to you as well so maybe we can actually match for a show and I there we go beautiful so thank you guys for listening i appreciate you following along find us like i mentioned earlier again one more time find us on twitter find us on youtube find us on facebook apple Podcasts, spotify google whatever your preferred method is we have it for you and I do know, and this is what they call a tease in the business, Wednesday night at Lombardi's Bar, we might have a special friend joining us again after we had Kenny Clark this past Wednesday. So I will leave it at that and leave you guys to figure out who that might be. So thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you coming on, and we will see you next week. Go Pack Go!